This episode, Honoring Our Spirit with Dara Feldman, has been split into two parts. You are listening to part one. Part two will be released next Friday. Enjoy. Hi, I am Dara Feldman, and welcome to the Family of Virtues podcast. You are listening to the Family of Virtues podcast. Virtues are the essence of who we are. They are described in the world's sacred traditions as the qualities of the divine and the attributes of the human spirit. They are the content of our character and the basis of genuine happiness. Here, we aim to share inspirational thoughts and discussions related to the role of a parent as an educator and guide, so we can support children to grow through the many challenges of life and to help them turn these challenges into moral victories. Through conversations with parents and teachers, we will learn from their lessons and share how we, as parents, can plant and nurture the seed that will make a lasting impact towards our child's purpose. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on the Family of Virtues podcast. I honor all of us for our commitment to learn more about ourselves and how we can create positive and loving environments for our children. Before I go further, I'd like to remind everybody to subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast apps and also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Family of Virtues. Today, we're taking a very interesting direction. We'd like to go a little deeper and talk about our overall objectives as human beings in this world and go deeper into the topic of raising humans and how we can honor our spirit. We'd like to discuss the celebration of life, celebrating the creator, love that transcends across all living beings in this, in, in this planet, our friends, our relatives, and the earth, and just about being thankful and to encourage a routine of reverence. It gives me great pleasure to invite our next guest, and I'm thrilled to have her on board, Dara Feldman. Dara Feldman is a passionate educator, speaker, author, coach, and a consultant who is deeply committed to social justice. She is an ASCD whole child faculty member, a certified Jack Canfield success principles trainer, a virtues project master facilitator, a restorative practices facilitator, and I love this title, a chief enthusiast officer of Virtues Matter. Dara is the author of The Heart of Education, bringing joy, meaning, and purpose back to teaching and learning. And she was honored as Disney's 2005 Outstanding Elementary Teacher of the Year, Educator of the Year for the National Association of Self-Esteem in 2009, and Maryland's 2015 Mum of the Year. She is one of the 10 teachers featured in the book One-on-One with America's Most Inspiring Teachers. Now, Dara... This is our first interaction. However, I feel I have known you for years now. And our special connection began, of course, because I picked up your book, The Heart of Education, which introduced me and further gave me purpose to explore more about the Virtues Project. Dara, what an honor it is to welcome you to the Family of Virtues podcast. Welcome. Richard, oh my goodness, I'm going to cry. I had no idea. Okay, wait, let me just lift my my jaw up off the floor. 
I am in awe of you and how purposeful you've been in this podcast is amazing. So I am deeply grateful and honored to be in circle across the world with you and everyone listening. Dara, it's such an honor for us. And I I, I was so inspired by your journey, um, your purposefulness, and also your sense of idealism, because I know that there was a point in time where you were just so driven by this purpose and you dropped everything and completely changed direction. If you could just tell our listeners a little bit about that, please. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, let's just get right into it, Richard. What do you think? Well, <laughs> yeah, <I> do, why not? <laughs> I do believe we all are born with a purpose. And um, as an educator, I've always really wanted for people to know their inherent nobility and to help everyone honor their sense of self, self-esteem and those of others. And in 2015, when I was honored as Disney's elementary, oh, 2005, 2005 mm. honored as Disney's elementary teacher of the year, it was in a boat with the overall Disney teacher of the year, David Dixie. And I said to him, what in your repertoire speaks to you the most? And he pulled out this wallet and this worn card, like the size of a business card with all of these virtues and the Virtues Project website, and all of the amnesia of No Child Left Behind, which here in the U.S. was all about focusing on academic rigor and testing, and who cared whether you were a kind, gentle, worthwhile human being. I saw this, the amnesia went away, and I knew that my life purpose was to learn more and then share this with other educators around the world. So I left teaching, which I love, left teaching kindergarten, and I volunteered my time to the founders as their director of education for seven years, the, the founders of the Virtues Project. So does that answer that question? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, not a lot of people get this opportunity, or even if they do get the opportunity, not a lot of people have the courage to drop everything and follow your sense of purpose or that newfound purpose. And you have to have really strong ideals and to go towards that direction. So I, I acknowledge you for your courage, Dara, at that time to take the step and also for your service to the community, because look, it's been what, 15 years now and look at all the great stuff that's been happening. Oh, well, that's so kind of you to say, Richard. I don't know if it was so much courage. Definitely idealism. If yeah. I had thought about what I did, oh, my goodness. Um, but I didn't have a choice. I really literally felt like my heart was so called to this that I mm. didn't have a, a choice. And here we are um, after all these weeks on this, on this podcast, Dara. We've spoken about, um, you know, being a purposeful parent. And we've spoken about how to care for our children. And we, we, we've spoken to several educators who have really looked deep into the psychology of things, how children think, how children react when a particular language is being used at them. So we've spoken about acknowledgement and affirmation. And a lot of parents have come back to me and said, wow, you're, this, is, this is really a weekly dose of us sort of getting... Uh, a slap in the face, more like it. And I, w I wanted to sort of tone that down a little bit. It's not so much about, uh, I guess, reprimanding, but it's more about reminding us of how we can mold ourselves so that we can have positive relationships with our children. And today, I'd like to take that a little bit further and a little deeper. It's, it's more avatarish, I feel, today, because we're looking at our energies and we're looking at how all of us sort of come together 
And I wanted to talk about the specialness of being with ourselves and our children. Can you sort of describe that relationship a little bit and then we'll take it away from there? Well, how beautiful. I really appreciate the thoughtful, the thoughtful question. So the specialness of being with ourselves. I think when we can make a practice of having time alone with ourselves, or I guess we're never really just alone, because I do believe that we're surrounded by our creator. We have that beeline connection and our angels, ancestors, and guides. But mm. when we can take that time and have a routine of reverence, that is really what our soul, what gives our soul the energy that it needs to be able to serve our children, to serve our family, and to serve the community. When we mm. can plug ourselves in, recharge our batteries in having that time, then we have so much more to give to everyone else. And then the greatest gift that we can give everyone is the gift mm. of our presence. And mm. who needs that gift more than our children? And I have to say that I remember uh, my daughter was two and I was a single parent at the time. I was separated from my first husband and I was mm. sweeping the front stoop, sweeping, sweeping, sweeping. And my daughter kept trying to get my attention. And thank goodness I paused and I thought, the dirt is going to be back on my front porch in 10 minutes. But mm. my daughter will never have this moment again. Absolutely. So I was guided to be much more present. Absolutely. That's really beautifully put, Dara. I know even when we are on airplanes, when they speak of, you know, the oxygen masks, when they talk about emergency procedures, they always say that put the mask on yourself first and then help the person next to you or your child. And I always found that very difficult growing up, trying to understand how is that fair? If we are called to service, shouldn't we always be about helping other people first? I never got that when I was mm. growing up and I traveled a lot as a child. And only when I got older and when pressures started mounting, when you start understanding what self-care is about, do you realize that unless you're selfish and you take care of yourself first, how will you be selfless and take care of others? How will you give others peace when you don't have peace yourself? Yeah, so Richard, I think that's really wise to sermon. And I'd like to suggest that self-care is not selfish, that mm. it actually is a gift that keeps giving. And right now there is so much compassion fatigue and vicarious trauma happening around the world. It was just with healthcare folks on the front lines and in education. And what happens is when we overserve, right, and we're not able to put our oxygen masks on, mm. not only is our energy depleted, but we end up experiencing a lot of secondhand and vicarious trauma. Mm. So it is absolutely essential to, I don't know if it means getting up a little bit earlier, to get into those routines of reverence to take care of ourselves. Uh, Linda Kavlin Popoff, the founder of the Virtues Project, when I was first you know, being accompanied and nurtured by Linda, she would talk about sitting in her prayer chair for two hours. And I would think, what do you do in your prayer chair for two <laughs> hours? Like my, 
I, I couldn't sit still for two minutes. Well, now mm. I am excited to go to sleep because I know that as soon as my alarm goes off, first thing I do mm. is I meditate. I grab my husband's hand. We meditate together. Then I pray. Then I get out of bed and I sit and I have all of these readings and writings and I journal and I diffuse my young living essential oils <laughs> and I, I do my virtues pick. And, and then it's like two hours later and I'm like, oh, oh, and I do my yoga. And I wish I actually had four hours each morning for this yeah. routine. Yeah. And what a, what a wonderful start to the day as well by doing that. Um, Sort of reflect on that for me. Now, a lot of people will wake up because this life is a very instant kind of life. It's really busy. And if you look at parents, they have their work, they have their children, um, and all the stresses that the pandemic is presenting us with at the moment. It feels like as if every spare minute or every spare hour that we may have is such a luxury that we will actually want to sit down and we want to start binging. We, we have that fear of missing out of what all our other friends are talking about. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that we're binging on does not really energize us the same way as the way you have invested your time in the morning. So sort of reflect on that for me. And how does that affect your day and, and sort of benefit you in the long term? Mm, so such a rich question. You know, actually, this time right now, I know that there are so, there's so much heartache and so many challenges. And mm. I also think there's such incredible gifts and moments, moments where we're actually able to be with our families. And I, do, I have adult children. My daughter will be 30. My son will be 27. Mm. And if they were here in my home, I would include them in my morning routine, especially the little ones. What yeah. a gift to include them in this routine of reverence and to have this quiet time. And it may look a little bit different with the young ones. Maybe draw a picture of what your ideal day or you being on purpose or what peacefulness looks like or whatever virtue it is in the morning. But we can be with and parallel playing and parallel praying, right? We can each have our beeline connection together and apart. It, it's harder for younger children, though, isn't it? For parents with really young children to be able to sort of understand that and to get an extended period of time on their own. It is. And this is a good opportunity to be able to teach our children patience. You yeah. know what, sweetie? I would really appreciate it if you were patient. I'm going to show you here's the clock. And when it gets to the five, then yeah. please come back in mommy's room. I promise you that if you're patient and you do X, Y, and Z, and you play independently and you don't knock on the door until the five is on the clock, you're going to get the nicer mommy. Right? <laughs> I'm not going to be so cranky. So you can give them the what's in it for them. But we get to learn to set some healthy boundaries. That's right. That's right. And when we do that, when we do that, it actually saves us a lot of energy 
um, you know, during our day. I see a lot of parents who feel like as if they're so drained and so tired. And of course, during this time, uh, the fact that they become de facto teachers with the home learning situation in so many countries at the moment. Um, but we need to, in fact, it is essential that we invest our time in creating these boundaries so that we save our energy and find peace with that as well. Absolutely. So Richard, I didn't find out about the Virtues Project until my children were 12 and 15. Mm. All right. So teenagers, sibling rivalry was on high. They were not the most obedient or respectful children because I didn't set boundaries, right? I grew up, my mom was um, an alcoholic and I didn't know how to set healthy boundaries until I found the Virtues Project. But Mm. so I started using the strategies at school and joy, meaning and purpose had returned to my classroom and I would get home at six o'clock at night, open up the door and my kids were yelling at each other. And I did what any other loving mother would do. I yelled at them. You all need to stop yelling at yourself, yelling at each other. And then I went, oh my goodness, wait a minute. And that's when I remembered that Linda, the founder of the Virtues Project, when she was on Oprah, Oprah said of the Family Virtues Guide that it's the instruction manual that our kids didn't come with. So, Richard, I'm wondering if you got the instructions for your children or if your listeners did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm I'm fortunate that I'm practicing it when my child is still younger. Um, And he's he's only six years old now, bless him. And he's using all of these words. I feel like as if sometimes I may drain him too much. He's like, okay, okay, I know about it, but I don't give up. I keep using the words. I keep trying to do the virtues pick with him. And, you know, he gets it. He gets it. I mean, something as simple as putting your sandals outside. In in our culture, we like to put our sandals outside our rooms, um, our slippers. And sometimes he does it you know, uh, in, in not in an orderly fashion. It's basically in two different places. And after teaching him for a while, ever since he was two or three years old, now if he does it regularly, but if ever he forgets because he's barging in with excitement about to go and watch TV or whatever it is, I just have to say, please be orderly. And he goes back and he does it. There's no fuss Beautiful. because he, he's internalized it, you know. Absolutely. So I want to honor your steadfastness using the language over and over again, even when maybe sometimes he would prefer that you not. You just build a habit. And yeah. when I did, a, I pulled a family meeting when my kids were 12 and 15, and we chose the virtues that we wanted to bring into our family and what mm. they would look like in action. Mm. And everybody picked a card. We picked the virtues. We processed out what those virtues would look like. We put them on in in boxes on a piece of paper. We folded paper into four squares, put them up on the refrigerator. And then I started looking for the virtues that my children were exemplifying. Danny, thank you for your orderliness, hanging up the towel. Jakey, I appreciate your flexibility, having dinner with us instead of eating with your friend. When I started Mm. using that language and also the companioning process and we used our boundaries, sibling Mm -hmm. rivalry ended. It Mm. ended. And my anxiety as an educator and as a parent ended because I no longer felt myself steaming and burning up, right? You were talking about your son's orderliness. 
And, you know, here I imagine there are other parents out there listening who invite their children to clean up their room and their definition and the children's definition are never the same. That's so right. we go in, right, and say, how many times have I told you to clean up this mess? And yeah. you're frustrated, they're frustrated. But when we use the language of virtues, as you know, and say, please be orderly, put your dirty clothes in the hamper, and put your sandals outside, mm-hmm. you have given them the success criteria, the evidence, and they know what to do. And then you can thank them for their cooperation. And if they don't do it, you just stay calm again. Please be orderly and X, Y, and Z. Doesn't mean that there's not a consequence, Mm -hmm. right? But a Mm -hmm. consequence doesn't have to be a punishment. It's educative. We want to help them to learn these behaviors. And the virtues can be those transferable skills. Yeah, and just just for anyone listening as well, um, I forgot to mention in my entire excitement of of speaking to Dara for the first time, um, I do this at the beginning of every episode that the Virtues Cards are available on virtuesproject.com and also on the Virtues Cards app by Virtues Matter. If you head over to the website, I'll put the information on the show notes uh, there as well. But Dara, if people are not aware of the Virtues Project, Um, What are virtues exactly? I mean, it does not really need to be all of these words, right? We're basically talking about expected behavior. Yeah, absolutely. So virtues, for the Virtues Project anyway, the definition, virtues are universal positive qualities of character. Yeah. Right? They're character traits and they're the positive character traits. And we are all born with them in potential. Hmm. It's basically irrespective of culture, irrespective of background, irrespective of religion. It is the desired character traits or behaviors that we feel every human being has the potential to possess. Absolutely. And we're all born with all of them in potential. And the lovely thing about the Virtues Project is the language of virtues is the frame of reference or reverence for the soul's clarity. I'm going to say that again. I'm doing a book study, actually doing a couple of book studies around a pace of grace, virtues for sustainable life, which Mm -hmm. I think for the parents right now to put their oxygen masks on might be a Mm. meaningful source. And today we were, we were at the chapter where this line came up and just Linda Kevlin pop off the, one of the co-founders is just so exquisite in her writing. The language of virtues is the frame of, reverence, actually she says reference, but it's reference and reverence for the soul's clarity. And for young children, even though we use these big words such as purposefulness and generosity and gratitude and trustworthiness and unity, those young children know because it's the language of the soul. They get it. They don't have the amnesia yet. No, yes, but they do get it. I mean, even words like, uh, you know, I've, I've been using a few, uh, as I said, my son is six, but he gets, uh, tr- uh, he gets trust, he gets reliability, he gets orderliness, cleanliness, of course, is a very simple one as well. He gets flexibility and tolerance. Um, when things don't go his way, he gets those. So, and, and it's just about 
you know, a lot of people look at virtues, look at these words, and they may feel like as if this is too complicated, why will children ever get it? But it is our role to also model it, to use it at the right time. And then they get into a habit of understanding what it actually looks like, what it actually feels like. You know, of course, they're not going to look at the words and and have synonyms ready for them to understand. But unless we do it regularly, they definitely will not understand. So, So the onus is on us. Absolutely. It's a practice. It's called the virtues project, not the virtues perfection, by the way, right? We're always striving, always. And um, when when we're inviting our children to certain virtues and we're not demonstrating that, oh, our children will let us know. And they'll also use their creativity to make up some virtues. Like maybe we don't let them go out and play. Then a young child might invite us to the virtue of letness, right? Mm, mm, (laughs) When mm. they really want us to be flexible or open to (laughs) letting them go out and play. So they get the concept. Yes. Yes. Uh, Dara, I want to go back into the topic of reverence and spending time with the family and celebrating our relationship together. Um, may we take this moment uh, for us to actually reflect on uh, the virtue of reverence. You've got the virtues card with you. Of course. I always have yep. my app. I don't travel anywhere without it. <laughs> Absolutely. May I invite you to please read uh, the reverence card? Reverence is living with an awareness that we are always in the presence of the creator and that all life is precious. When we practice reverence, we open ourselves to experience faith, love, and deep respect for the mysteries and wonders of life. We take time in solitude and silence each day to contemplate, to pray, and reflect. We seek to discern the deeper meaning of our lives. The beauty of nature restores our souls. We are respectful stewards of the earth. We treasure all life. Ah, wow. <laughs> so how did that speak to you, Richard? I'm going to turn the tables on you. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> definitely, Dara, I have, I have a similar practice uh, to you. I wake up every morning uh, before everybody else. I love the sound of silence in this really crowded and busy time with with school and family i have really appreciated waking up in the morning and just being on my own and to be honest with you sometimes i am distracted because the world and all the challenges will consume your thoughts but i need to be more disciplined I need to make sure that I center my mind again and to just always be in that spirit of thankfulness because I truly do, truly do appreciate everything. I, I've, I've only realized this time, Dara, during the pandemic that I am actually not responsible for a lot of things, that so much of what has been presented to me, so much of these circumstances that have been presented to me have been presented by the creator. And I'm so thankful with the way everything has fallen together. And I'm so thankful for the way I can positively look through um, all of these challenges and still move forward. So um, it really does speak to me. And I'm, I'm very grateful for, for the life that I have with my family. 
Oh, beautiful. Well, I want to honor you for, I hear your gratitude and appreciation for the gifts and the gifts in the silence and your commitment to reverence and mindfulness Mm. so that you can, that you've taken that commitment as a practice Mm. and also your humility and honesty, sharing that sometimes you get distracted. However, it sounds like with your commitment to this practice, that it is through that, that you're able to really serve and be on purpose in such extraordinary ways. I can't wait to have more time with you. Like I sound like I, I have my, my little brother that I, we've been separated and I finally get to be with you. So I'm sending you a big hug. I hope that's okay. Yes, yes, absolutely. Virtual hugs are fine at this time. We know that. But okay, thank you good. so much. I have my mask on. <laughs> thank you so much, Dara, for, for your kind words. You're too kind. I, I, I want to flip it to you now. How did this card speak to you before we go towards um, reverence and families? Yeah, so thank you for your thoughtfulness asking. I am like, this one of my favorite. I love all the virtues. But I have to say that one of the things that attracted me to the Virtues Project was I had experienced trauma. When I was younger, there was some um, sex abuse from a babysitter. I ate to protect myself as I shared. My mom um, had alcoholism and also cancer, just a lot. So Mm. I've been going to 12-step meetings. I'm wondering if you have them in Jakarta. I've Mm. been going to Al-Anon for families of alcoholics. I'm not an alcoholic, but, you know, my mom was my ex-husband, my best friend. And so it's really for the past 30 years and learn to detach from things that were not my responsibility and learning to love myself and to work through some of my trauma and also had a bunch of eating disorders. And so I go to Overeaters Anonymous, which Mm. is like Alcoholics Anonymous, but for people who are overeaters, anorexic, bulimic, I was all of that. 23 years ago, I became abstinent, and I'll say by the grace of God, I haven't binged or purged or starved in 23 years, Mm -hmm. and because I work uh, a solid 12-step program, and it's really Mm -hmm. starting with powerlessness, and then knowing that there is a higher power, and turning my life and my will over to that higher power on a daily basis, and doing an inventory, etc., So Mm. I have felt for the past 30 years that everyone could benefit from a 12-step program, but not everybody needs one. And then when I found the five strategies of the Virtues Project, I'm like, this is it. This Mm. is a way to make the good remove one of the O's, God, great outdoors, good orderly direction, whatever you want to call that higher power accessible to everyone. And so for me, I see miracles, magic and miracles on a almost moment by moment basis. And I'm pretty sure that if I didn't have some of those experiences that I perceived as painful and challenging growing up, that the gift of all these magic and miracles, I probably wouldn't even recognize or notice. Mm. Dara, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I mean, I, I, I honor you for your commitment to find your purpose in this life and to also, you know, recognize the, the, the role of the creator, your honesty and humility in sharing um, all of these uh, stories with us. I really recognized 
the power of detachment there you know mm. being able to detach yourself from a situation will allow you to respond to it rather than be reactive and i really saw with all of the difficulties and the troubles that you had um to be able to detach and to be able to uh, find find direction towards that thanks everyone for joining us again this week next week we continue our conversation with dara feldman around the topics of reverence and how to practice this within our families till then take care of yourselves and god bless you